Welcome back to another episode of the Texas Trailhead Podcast. This week was... What was it? What was it last week? Father's Day. Duh. That's the whole point of this episode. I'm going to tell you a little bit about some trips that I took with my dad recently and some trips that I took with him not so recently when I was just a little, a little kid. And I'm also going to bore most of y'all with some pretty interesting video game talk of one of my favorite video games, I think, ever. <laughs> if, you're, if you're asking me, I think it's the greatest video game ever made, but it's definitely the greatest video game that I played. Um, there is not really a whole lot of outdoor hiking aspect, but I'm really excited about it, so... You'll probably need to skip through it if you have no interest in video games. But there is uh, a little bit of outdoor aspect to it. But the video game is Last of Us Part 2. So I hope you enjoy some of my fun stories from this week. And I look forward to hearing some of y'all's favorite stories on the Facebook page, The Texas Trailhead, about anything that you might have done on Father's Day or some things that you have done with your your father or father figure growing up. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Texas Trailhead Podcast. Join me, Danny Laurel, as I share stories from the trails around Texas and more. I'll also talk about my favorite gear to use, camping tips, and feature interviews from others who enjoy the outdoors. So grab your backpack and put on your hiking shoes. This is the Texas Trailhead. Father's Day was last week as of the recording of this episode, and I had the day off. I am back at work, so furlough is now officially over. Yay! If I had a sound engineer, that's where they would put in all of the uh, 4th of July explosives that we might not be able to see in some parts of the country. But... I decided that I was just going to enjoy, so I'm going to preface this whole segment a little bit because I'm going to go off on this little random tangent, but I have a handful of passions. Uh, I call them passions. Some people call them hobbies. Uh, Other people may call them obsessions. (laughs) I'm I'm chuckling because most of them are obsessions and I've kind of cycled through my different hobbies so obviously I started the the Texas Trailhead and I think some people forget too that the Texas Trailhead in its essence is about hiking none of it none of the creation of it was really about backpacking or camping I enjoyed camping but the whole premise of the website the texas trailhead was really to talk about hiking because i really enjoy hiking i really loved getting outdoors the whole point of me hiking was to get some exercise to help clear my head and just for mental wellness etc etc and i'll go more into how hiking has helped my mental health in a really soon uh future episode but one of the other hobbies We'll just use that word that I have is baseball and baseball card collecting. I've been collecting baseball cards since I was really little and I stopped as most people stop 
when they get into high school and college, just because I was doing other things at the time. And then as most people that were in the hobby in the 80s and 90s and went away from it, when we, for the most part, most of the people that I've talked to, men and women, once they have kids and are kind of are home a little bit more, they find some of the things that made them happy when they were younger. And for a lot of people, that happens to be uh, card collecting. So I, I've recently gotten back into card collecting and I've been off and on again over the years and I have a few things that I collect and and that topic is also for another time. And then finally, the third thing that I really enjoy to uh, an extent are video games. So I only I only play really two or three, but I play one really really religiously and if you're not into video games then i suggest skipping to the second segment (laughs) because this might be a little boring for you but if you're into video games then then stay tuned but the, the video game that i'm playing currently is a video game it's a little dilly it's called the last of us part two and i was introduced to this game i don't i don't even know i don't know if it was recommended to me on on the twitter or i just saw it on the playstation store it's a playstation exclusive and maybe i just saw it on the playstation because it was at the store it was uh, one of their um, favorite classic games so i think it was 1999 so I got it uh, on the PS4. It's originally a game that came out on the PlayStation on the PS3. And so this was the remastered version. So it had been out for a really long time. And then I guess it was such a hit. They remastered it. But basically just digitally um, upgraded it to to be able to accommodate the amazing graphics that you're going to see on the PlayStation 4. And I played it and... If you've never played it before, it's a post-apocalyptic game. And a lot of the game is focused on amazing storytelling. And then a lot of the gameplay, there's two different aspects. There are two different aspects to the game. One, you're pretty much trying to survive. So if you're you know, familiar with The Walking Dead, you're going to encounter other people that are... are are dead, they're zombie type creatures. And then there's other people that are alive that are trying to take what you have. So that's, that's one aspect of it. So the, the survival of the game, the other part is the crafting and scavenging of the game. And so you're walking around there, there, there is some structure. So you can't just, it's not what some people will call like an open world game. You can't just walk forever and ever. Eventually you're going to hit a wall a virtual wall in the game and you can't go past a certain part, but you're, you're walking around and you're scavenging and you're looking for different things that are going to help upgrade your weapons or your food rations or your health, et cetera, et cetera. But the game takes place throughout a couple different places in the U S and it starts out in Texas. That's where the main character is from 
And it's neat because there's one scene where they're driving away from their house um, and the the sign, they hit kind of like a T in the road and the sign one way says Austin and the other way says San Marcos. And I live in Kyle, which is right in between those two towns. So I, I have decided that they are living in Kyle and not Buda because... Because yeah, who cares about Buda? Just kidding. I love Buda, but I so I, I I like to think that they are Kyle residents that went on this big adventure. Fast forward to a really long waiting period before the second one. It just came out. It was my Father's Day present because my wife knows I really really enjoy that game. But the majority of part two takes place in Seattle, and. One of the things that they explore is the the what happens when humankind isn't taking care of stuff, isn't mowing the grass or maintaining the lawns or hedges or plants in front of office buildings. And it kind of shows that the the landscape is going to change. It's going to go back to wilderness. And so you're walking through a lot of Seattle and what. I think of this as a beautiful outdoor space in Washington, in the Pacific Northwest. In the video game, you're way past all of that manicuring, and it still looks really lush, and it still looks really neat. So if you're in video into video games, I definitely recommend it. If you play it and are playing it, I hope you're enjoying it. I'm about, I don't know, four days into the game, playing about four hours a day when before bed so it's really neat because it it is you're spending the majority of the game walking around outside and and i didn't do that on father's day on saturday before that and the monday after that i did some fishing outside and i'm still not really hiking as much i i'm just kind of waiting for the dust to settle a little bit and i'm i fear that People aren't taking the face mask situation seriously, and we're already starting to see some places start to close again. I know Guadalupe Mountains already decided to shut down again, and, you know, unfortunately, that's just going to be the case if, if people in these areas can't get the numbers down. And, you know, I'm not going to get into whether y'all think this is... If anyone out there, if, if they don't think this is real or important or significant, then I I really just suggest that you move on from me and my website and kind of what I do, because I really feel like it is important. I do feel like masks are important. I do think that anything we can do to make other people feel comfortable and safe is important. And if that means wearing a mask at work or wearing a mask in the store, if, if that makes somebody else feel better you know I'm, I'm talking to more and more people now that have gone through it as especially customers in my store who you know I, I have the opportunity to talk to them about their experiences and yeah regardless that they came out of it positively you know a lot of people aren't unfortunately but they all agree that this isn't something that's fun. This isn't something that you want to have happen to you. It's it's a really tough experience. So back on track. I didn't do any outdoor father stuff 
And if you have a father or if there's a father figure in your life, I want you to kind of think about some of the things that you have done with them or if they did with them over the years or on Father's Day, if that's something that y'all did with your father or father figure and, and kind of wanted, wanted to know what are some of those things. Um, when I post the link to this episode, I'm going to put that question so you can definitely find it on the Facebook page. But I wanted to talk to you about my dad. He's going to be hopefully on an upcoming episode. I, I might record too late for <laughs> I might record too late for him. So I'm going to have to find a good opportunity. But my dad, just this will be come along with me as I give you a little bit of insight into my personal life. My dad and my stepmom actually met via the Boy Scouts of America. My stepmom was my scout master. My dad was our my den leader. And then when I got to scouts, that's when they met. And so uh, 20 years now into their marriage, it's pretty awesome. And, and, and the outdoors are what brought them together. And the outdoors have always been kind of a part of my life, especially when, when I was not interested. At least we always had that connection of the Boy Scouts. And we, I did the Boy Scouts in the Houston area, and we were pretty fortunate to have a lot of places around the Houston area that you could spend out out outside in all of our camps were in the Houston area and one of the only times that we left that section of Texas was when we did summer camp at a place called El Rancho Sima and the ranch is still available but it's no longer a boy scout camp it was it it just it didn't generate enough income and it finally sold and i think the people that bought it are are wanting to make it uh, an outdoor space, whether that's for recreation or, or or what. But I I did read the last time the last article that I read about it. It was going to be kept a, really similar to the way it was. In other words, they weren't allowed to just go in and build a bunch of high rise apartment complex uh, complexes like they're seemingly doing everywhere else. But f- f- a funny story about it was that later in life we were driving around and we were driving back from my mom's house who was living in Canyon Lake at the time back to San Marcos. So this is all hill country if anyone's uh, unfamiliar with some of these towns I'm talking about. But I was driving on Ranch Road 12, which is an amazing road coming out of that area towards San Marcos and drove past the sign that said El Rancho Sima. And when you're little, I don't think you really think about where stuff is or geography. And and I never really knew that when we were there for summer camp that we were coming out this far. I'm not really paying attention in the on the drive. And back then, this was, I don't know, like 89, 90, 91 you're not really you don't really have technology i think i barely had a tape player um rocking metallica black and the top gun soundtrack whenever those came out that's what i was i was listening to really really uh often and frequently (laughs) and so i drove by the sign and i'm like no way that's not so i 
I uh, stopped stopped the car, turned around, and went down went down this road. And so back up a little bit from that story. I'd been I'd been on this road a lot frequently, and I always saw this hill. And up the top of the hill is one one tree. And I always liked looking at it because there was a time when we went there for scouts and my dad took us camping. It was it was a scout trip and we went to summer camp and we all decided one night that we were going to camp away from the campsite. And he wanted to do something cool and fun for the the eight of us. And so we decided that night that we were going to sleep under the stars at the top of that hill right next to that tree. Well, unfortunately, when you sometimes are trying to do something really neat and fun for other people, um, Mother Nature has a way of saying, I don't think so. And we got caught in a little bit of rain and there was a little bit of lightning on our way up the hill and then it finally stopped. It didn't, it didn't rain, rain, it didn't rain too, too bad. We were able to deal with it on the way up and then it had stopped by the time we were up there. And then we had laid all of our sleeping bags out on the ground and it was just up on the top of this hill. And then unfortunately there was a a fire ant mound that had gotten cl- too close to a couple of the guys and they got bit by a couple ants. So we had to move all of our sleeping bags to the other side of the hill. So, but I always remember that tree and I always remember just how unique it was for this landscape. Cause it, it wasn't, it, it might've just been planted there, but when you looked up at the hills and the surrounding hills, it just sat there and 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 then much later when i would drive by it i was like man that looks just like it and i always remembered that fun that fun night because it was it's just that that time when it doesn't take much adventure to make you feel like you're really kind of enjoying the outdoors and i was driving down the road when i turned around and i went down the really really long gravel road that of course i didn't remember and I got to the gate that said it was the Boy Scout camp. And I couldn't believe that after all these years, this place that had a really fond memory that my dad had created for me and my scout friends, I guess, um, was was down the road from where I had decided to live and where I decided to go to school. And it was just kind of a neat circle um, uh, of of my two different parts of my life. So... I really hope they keep it, keep it like they said they were, keep it an outdoor space and, and whatnot. So that's one funny story. And the other funny story I wanted to share with you is another, another camp, camp out misadventure, but we had gone, that obviously ended fine because I'm here to tell you about it, but we had gone on a camping trip and there was already people at our campsite and we decided we wanted to not just show up to camp we wanted to hike into camp and it you know back in those days when you're doing the the campouts where the adults all had jobs so we all had to go friday after work so 
By the time we got there, it was starting to get kind of dark, but we knew we, we needed to go from the parking lot to the campsite. And it was just going to be this one path and it was fine. We all had our backpacks. We were all super excited. And we start walking and we think we know where we're going and we're on the trail and we're on the trail and my dad is leading the way and we're all just kind of walking around, not really paying attention. And it's one of those things, it started to get dark and we didn't even realize we weren't on the trail anymore. And that was before panic really was something that I acknowledged. And I don't know if my dad did at the time and it's always funny thinking about you know, me as a parent now with my daughter, who is about the same age that I was then and how nervous I am kind of about anything with with her being safe. And so, you know, I like to think that maybe he was starting to panic just a little bit. But yeah, we got lost and we there was no cell phones then, so we couldn't just you know, pull out Google Maps and use the map to kind of point us in the right direction. So it was interesting. We we kind of just pushed through a lot of brush and a lot of trees. And, you know, nobody really got upset that I remember or maybe just remembering the positive aspects of that. But eventually we got to a service road that was in whatever campsite park we were at and just decided to stay put. And eventually... A truck came down the road and 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 we were all really relieved and and he showed up and he figured we didn't know we were <laughs> where we were at and we piled into the back of the pickup truck and and eventually made it back to camp and we all arrived safely and I don't know if any of the other people that were part of that ever tell that story or even remember, but I always remember that you know panicking is one of the kind of toughest things to not do to kind of keep your focus. And there's definitely been a couple of times when I've been out and just the way I hike, I kind of hike quickly and not always with my head up. And sometimes I've looked up before and realized I thought I was on a path and ended up on like a deer path or a water runoff path. And I'm just in the middle of trees and it's always important to just slow down, get your bearings, catch your breath, and focus. And use the things, the knowledge that you have gained. Look at where the sun is. Look at your map. Look at some of the landmarks around you. Work on your breathing. Regroup. And figure your way back. Think about how far you may have been walking. Think about how much distance you can cover in that amount of time. And start retracing your steps. And think about the direction you're going. North, south, east or west. And start getting yourself back on that trail. If you're at a local park, that's a lot easier said than done. And if you're going out in a big park, then I definitely recommend taking some GPS devices or a beacon locator if you're really getting into a spot where you think you're not going to be able to get a hold of anyone else. So, you know, it's really just about keeping that focus and keeping that panic. And the GPS, I can't wait to 
tell y'all about some of my favorite GPS devices that are out there that y'all should be using. But my dad never panicked. And, and if he did, he didn't show it. He didn't, you know, some people when they're afraid or scared or panicked or worried, they, they turn that energy into anger. And, and while me and my dad both equally have a short fuse, it's when I feel like we're the most stressed that we turn that into calmness and especially when there's when there's people around and it's it's something that I'm constantly working on in my professional life as someone in a leadership manager role um uh, but we're not perfect but in that moment he definitely didn't make us worried by being worried himself and really helped us keep our focus so you know it's all part of that keeping your focus and then him being a great example in that moment and 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 leading us you know it wasn't perfect but we all got back to work and he kept his focus and you know helped us get back where we needed to be and and that that's something that's always stuck with me and and resonated with a lot of not just being out in the outdoors, but just kind of how I do things in general. So a couple of tributes to my dad and the outdoors and what I'm going to talk to him, hopefully in an upcoming interview is, so my dad was the best man in my wedding. My wife and I got married late into our, our relationship. We waited not on purpose. We just decided to wait 10 years. <laughs> we waited 10 years to get married, but we, my dad and I were kind of talking about what we wanted to do, um, to, to celebrate, I guess to, he felt to celebrate that honor and just to kind of have that time with, with, um, uh, just for us together. And I had no interest in doing any kind of like party environment. It was just going to be me and him if we did anything. So, you know, just kind of on a whim and, and half jokingly when I was talking to him, I said, why don't we take a road trip to Colorado? And not thinking he'd be into that. Well, okay, hold on. That's actually not true. Let me go back. I actually said, why don't we take a trip, like fly to Colorado? And he was like, cool. And then I thought about it. I was like, you know, it would be more fun. How about we just did a road trip to Colorado. I knew I had some PTO, some paid time off and I knew I could take the time off. So we, so I I brought it to his attention and he was like, yeah, okay. And I wasn't expecting that at all. And then a week later, I was kind of looking at the, the route and wondering what would be the best way to go and kind of what we wanted to see. And I'm already starting to over plan things. And then I was like, I kind of want to go to Guadalupe mountains so, and uh, Guadalupe Mountains and um, the Carlsbad Caverns, yeah. So we had to go west, and we had to go to New Mexico, and he was down for that too. So what turned to just be a quick trip to Colorado ended up being a week-long road trip from Austin to West Texas, up through New Mexico, up. Uh, the end point was always going to be Boulder, because I really, really love Boulder, so... We took a week-long road trip together, 
and kind of like everything that happens in life. It wasn't perfect. There was definitely some tense moments that we'll, we'll bring up. But, you know, besides being in the car for a really long time, you know, when you're planning these things, you can definitely go the easy way. And I don't mind driving whatsoever. So we just drove. We didn't spend too long in any one space. And I think that's kind of the one thing I would do over again. But we got to see a lot of things really quickly. And we got to go to Guadalupe Mountains. We got to go, we didn't end up going to Carlsbad Caverns. We skipped it because we wanted to get to the northern section of New Mexico and, and stay at this BLM campsite, which I was super excited about. And he was a little nervous about because that was the first time he had done something like that. And then we went to uh, one of the national forest parks in Colorado and stayed on the Conejos River, which was super fantastic, and then made our way up into Boulder. So that was the way up. And then we needed to do that by Wednesday. So we did Austin to Boulder, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then from there, we came down kind of the quicker way. And through from Boulder, we went down to Amarillo, which... So I think some people really forget that there are two <laughs> there are two sides to Colorado. There's the amazing, gorgeous outside, uh, just mountainous and just picturesque, and all of that's fantastic. And that's just half of the state. I think people forget that the other half, the eastern half, are plains, and I use that word in both definitions with the geography and as an adjective describing how freaking boring East Colorado is, which isn't a big deal. I mean, we drove by some pretty cool uh, animal preserves, but when you're sitting in the car for that long, sometimes it helps to have a, a beautiful landscape and backdrop, uh, which to frame your conversation, I feel like driving through the plains of Eastern Colorado also kind of made the conversation a little bit drier and a little bit more drawn out and a little less interesting. And that's where we also started to get a little worn out from the trip. And we got to Amarillo and then the next day, we went to Palo Duro Canyon State Park, which was the, the the key point I wanted to hit coming back into Texas. So, you know, you can focus on the little discomfort aspects of the trip, or you can focus on all the amazing things that we got to see. And, and you know, looking back, my first reaction was like, man, that was a long time to be driving every day. And, you know, almost a year later, I really, I mean, I'm telling you about the details because it, it's it's for contrast, okay? But I don't really focus on, on those aspects of that trip anymore. I really just appreciate kind of the things that we saw and the time that we got to spend together. And, and you know, Father's Day means different things to different people. And I, I hope everyone had, whether it's a father or father figure or just someone that can lend that 
other part of guidance and parental affection. Um, I hope everyone was able to kind of reflect on some positive moments on this day and, and, and kind of remember some of the good, some of the good things. If, if they're no longer with you, um, then I hope you have some really fond memories of some, some cool outdoor trips that y'all got to take. And if you're celebrating your father's day for the first time this year, then congratulations. Uh, take a lot of pictures, um, you know, those those days don't last long and enjoy every moment that you can. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Texas Trailhead podcast. If you like what you heard, please let me know by leaving feedback on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. You can find this on anchor.fm and just search the Texas Trailhead. Still looking for more? Click the links below to find the website, Facebook page, and see pictures from the outdoors on my Instagram page. So until next time, grab your backpack, put on your hiking shoes, and let's go out on another adventure. This is the Texas Trailhead.